Here we go, y'all. It's the full disclosure show. I'm Darren Lamont Wins the first. We got Big Dick Dashley, Bobby Rich Green, and the little lady of the house, Miss Lisa Lisa Burnett. How we, how we doing, folks? How we living, man? Uh, we ready for another week. Yeah. Happy birthday, John Rankin. Yeah, I've been trying to give a cold to the old man. Yeah. Happy birthday to all the, what's the Leos, right? Yeah. It's the Leo season right now, so all the Leos. Happy birthday to y'all. And uh, we're going to, uh, we don't mind, we're going to get right into this thing, man. This has been a lot of, it's been a hectic week. So uh, we're going to go ahead and let, let uh, Dick Dasley lead off social media post of the week. All right, social media post of the week, it has to be these mass shootings. I mean, we had two yesterday, one in El Paso and then another one in Dayton. We got a lot of people that injured and hurt. I wanted to share an article. That yeah, condolences to all the victims, man, all the people who lost lives, all the people that's, you know, fighting for their life and their whole, you know, people's whole life has been changed. So our condolences and thoughts goes out to all the families affected. Definitely. And, and by doing this and going over this and some of the things we may say, this is in no way meaning to be insensitive to the victims and to the family. I'm glad that you did say that, Derek, um, because uh, this is a, a story that needs to be told. April Boykins, how you doing? Donna Brewer, Derek Gray, Timothy Hughes. What's up, sir? Lance Green Mitchell. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for joining us. So we're going to go right into it. There was an uh, article that I shared inside the Full Disclosure Show's page please go like subscribe to the page this way you can see a lot of things that uh, we're talking about uh, right there I so sorry about that sorry about that go ahead dig so if you like the page you go ahead you'll see some of the things that we're posting or all the things that we're posting and sharing go ahead and make your voice heard so i'm going to actually read this article and I just put it right here in the comments for the people that's on Facebook Live with us. Jerome, how you doing, brother? Doing wrong. Tanya Mitchell, how you doing? What's up, Ms. Veronica? Gabrielle Ramos. Veronica Thornton, good to see you back. So, when we talk about social media posts of the week is the mass shootings that took place yesterday. One in, the first being in El Paso, Texas, happened earlier in the day. Then we had a second shooting uh, about 1 a.m. last night in Dayton, Ohio. So I just want to go ahead. I thought CNN did a, a pretty decent job detailing this. And this particular article is called Another Weekend, Two More Mass Shootings in America. And then uh, I'll read this and go right into you, Lisa, with your thoughts. Uh, a beloved Northern California festival, a neighborhood Walmart in Mississippi, another Walmart... shootings and events together left at least 34 people dead and more than 50 wounded. A, a weak bookend by violence has left residents shaken, frustrated, and grieving. So the first one we're going to talk about is in El Paso, Texas. It said one of the nation's safest and largest cities this morning. Uh, the town which prides itself on being one of the nation's safest cities became paralyzed Saturday morning when a gunman opened fire in the heart of its popular shopping area. 
Families were buying school supplies ahead of the first day of classes next week. Uh, they were buying groceries or had traveled from across the border in Mexico to shop at the Walmart. At least three of the dead were Mexican nationals. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez uh, Obrador tweeted, and six Mex Mexicans were among the injured. Police arrested the suspected gunman, a 21-year-old white man from a suburb of Dallas, more than 650 miles away. El Paso Police Chief Greg Allen said, Governor Greg Abbott said the case will be prosecuted as both a capital murder, excuse me, both a capital murder, but also as a hate crime. Police said they believe the gunman wrote a four-page document and posted it online that espouses white nationalist and racist views. The FBI opened a domestic terrorism investigation into the shooting, according to a source familiar with the investigation process. The chaos is extended far from the store. Dozens of businesses and homes as far as three miles away and the largest mall in the city just next door to the Walmart were in lockdown for hours or closed early. As the sun began to set Saturday, there were still tears and worries among the people in El Paso. Some recounted the horror of what they saw, victims being shot or children carried to an ambulance, and others pleaded for information. I just want to find my mom, a tearful Edie Halbert cried outside the Walmart hours later, seeking any information on her 86-year-old grandmother, Angie mother. Inglesby. I'm sorry, 86-year-old yeah. mother, uh, Angel Inglesby who had been shopping inside the store. I want to know if she's dead or alive, or is she still in Walmart? I need to find her. Then we'll talk about Dayton. Dayton, Ohio, not too far from us, three hours away. A night turns into to chaos in Ohio. Within 13 hours of the El Paso shooting, another nine people were killed in Ohio. Police in Dayton said 16 people were, people were injured in the incident, and the suspect is dead. The shooting took place around 1 a.m. outside East 5th Street in the city's Oregon District, a popular downtown area. Dayton Deputy Director, Assistant Chief of Police, Lieutenant Colonel Matt Carper, told reporters early Sunday. The suspect, who was shot and killed by responding officers, has not yet been identified, but Carper said the subject fired a long gun with multiple rounds. The shooting happened as the suspect was making his way toward a bar called Ned Pepper's, Montgomery County Emergency, uh, Emergency Service spokesperson Deb Decker said. The shooter wore body armor, Decker said. So that's two deadly shootings in less than 24 hours in America. It, that was the 250th mass shooting, according to estimates in the United States. When we talk about terrorists coming from over the border, building a wall, banning Muslims, doing something with the thugs in our inner city. However, we see time and time again who are who, who is uh, the culprits in doing these mass shootings. But at least before I get into anything, I just wanted to get your opinion and your thoughts and uh, some of your words as it relates to both these uh, horrible incidents that took place. Yeah, well, first off, you know, I do want to give my condolences to the family and to everybody who is a victim of these mass shootings. Um, I feel, I feel scared. You know, I have a genuine fear of living. You know, not only do I have to deal with other fears, you know, related to other issues, now I have to deal with 
me me going to the store, me going to Walmart, me going to the drive-thru, me wanting to have a fun time with my family and maybe might want to go to a beach or something. And now I got to worry about getting shot, you know, and it's scary because we don't know who, we don't know when, and then you be wrong when you sit and you feel so scared, so now you start judging people before you know them. I'm angry. I'm angry because I have to live like this. And I feel though, I feel as if our, our, our government has put us in this position for us to be, to live in fear. I feel like we wouldn't live in this type of fear if we didn't have the system, the government system that we have. We have a president that allows and joins in the type of shit that causes, I mean, says things that causes problems, causes this. And then it's not just, it's not just the, the president, you, the president, it's, every, it's everything about America that causes me to live in fear. I mean, I hate to say it, I mean, and I know there's good people here, and I know that we've had there's good things about America, but it's like, does the bad outweigh the good? I feel like it does. I live in fear every day. I live in fear for my kids, and that's and that's exactly what they want us to do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where they want us to be. And I hate to say it, but I fell. I'm falling for it. And I'm falling for it because it's a real life fear. And it can happen to us any type, any time of the day. And it don't and it's not just isolated to black people. It's isolated to, as you can see, the Latino community. And it's and it's everywhere. We don't know where to turn. There's nowhere to be safe. You're not safe in your house. You're not safe going to the street. And I just feel like America has no uh, the human race is just, I can't even articulate right now how I feel about the human race. Yeah, I'm gonna share, I don't think I've ever told, I'm, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. So I'm gonna share this with y'all as we, right here and there. I, I, I find myself for some time now, like anytime I go anywhere, I'm, I'm, I, I, I check the exits. I look at the exit and in my mind, I, I was at the gym and I one time I'd be thinking like, okay, if somebody came in here and started shooting up the place, where where would I do? And I and, and this is and I do it when I go to Walmart and I see a dude with a long coat. I look, you know what I mean? I was like, well, what if he starts shooting up the place? What would I what would be? And I I do this. I realized that I do this everywhere I go. And I, I was sitting in. I think I might have told you this. I was sitting in the, in, in the waiting on my phone. And I was sitting in a little bar watching the TV, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, what if somebody came to this bar and shot the place up? Like, and I actually sit here, and it's like, okay, there's the exit right there, or I could duck here. And I, I go through this in my mind. It's crazy. I don't know if anybody else does this, but I literally do this. Like, when I go to the store, and today I went into Walmart, and I heard the, the greeter, he was talking to somebody maybe he knew, and they were talking about this. And he was like, man, yeah, it's a shame. He was just, uh, he was talking pretty saying, yo, something is like, wow, you know, people going to Walmart. But I think it's something to be said that all three, and there was a, a garlic festival last weekend. Yeah, in uh, California. Okay, yeah. 
and I think we, we would be remiss to say that all three were targeted, uh, you know, Mexicans or whatever. You know what I mean? The, the Walmart, these are predominantly Mexican areas. We don't well, need here, a Walmart. I'll go ahead and read this, what you're talking about, Derek, about the, uh, the uh, a Northern California Festival turned deadly. This is in the link I shared as well. Uh, the week be- began with the final day of the renowned Gilroy Garlic Festival in California, with families spending the day listening to music and celebrating the town's world-famous crop. But crowds scrambled to escape on July 29th when a 19-year-old wearing a tactical wearing tactical gear and carrying an assault rifle started firing. Gilroy Police Chief Scott Smithy said the gunman had seeked, I'm sorry, had sneaked in by cutting a hole in the fence. He was dressed for what he was there to do, said one witness, Julissa Contreras. Um, go on and say, three people, six-year-old Stephen Romero, 13-year-old Keila Salazar, and 25-year-old Trevor, Trevor Irby were killed. 16 people were wounded. The gunman exchanged fire with three Gilroy police officers, but died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Smithy said he used a rifle he bought weeks earlier in neighboring Nevada. Police later found extremist material while searching at Walker Lake, Nevada home that police believed the shooter once rented. Now, if I'm not mistaken, all three of these gentlemen shared the same national sentiment. Well, you know, it's crazy. This last guy, and I agree with you, they did to a large degree. He had conflicting. He had things on both sides. Okay. Both, uh, you know, anti and for. So this guy just seemed real confused. But what what I see, you know, and at least I'm sorry that you, you feel under siege like that and that, you know, you have that level of fear. As a, dose of, a good dose of healthy fear is a smart thing in this <laughs> day and age. Uh, Lance Mitchell did say there was some sh- shootings in Missouri. Uh, this weekend as well, Jerome said he he he's he watches everywhere he goes. Uh, so, I don't even hey, want to blessings to you too, real. brother Whitey Johnson. I don't even want to go nowhere Wilson. anymore. Jerome said he scared his own neighborhood. He said he was looking at escape routes and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you so, know what? It's something to be said. And Rome, you know, you know, I know, I know where we're wrong. We come from the same fiber, same cloth. Same environment, you know, and growing up in, in that environment, I want to say as black, there's a lot of, you know, in poverty, you know, you learn to read people quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you learn, you, we, we, you know, I don't want to say we grow up in fear, but we do. Like, you know, you, 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 you learn, you know, these things fairly quickly and you get to, you know, your, you feel your environment when something is right and, and something ain't right. Mm-hmm. So it, we, it's not that we, we have that. You know what I mean? Where you got to watch out for your own neighbor. We also have to watch out for the people who are supposed to be protecting us. You know, the relationship, you know, with the black the community and the police is well documented. We're going into it on that. But then now you have another level of fear, which was really what we always had, where you had the, the, the Ku Klux Klan or the white mobs that would come into our neighborhoods and just put us on the scenes where we had no control. We couldn't stop them. Like when they wanted to come get you, they came and got you. You know what I mean? So that's the three levels that we have. Now you put this whole, what really is the, the, this, these young nationalists, they get these attitudes and they feel like, okay, we're just going to go in here and just pull the trigger and bullets don't have no name. They can target whoever they want to target, but if a guy runs in a restaurant and just starts shooting people, 
you know, everybody's gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy that, you know, you have to, you have to go about it. But tell you the truth, some of us really no different. You know, I, I remember as a young man, and this is something I've done for years. When I go to a gas station, <laughs> you know what I mean. From being, you know, being when you, yeah. you had a car, you know, they jack you at the gas station. Right. So for for years, I I still do it. When I pull at the gas station, I look, you know, all four of us and see who pulling up, who there. You know, it's just it's been embedded in me. So it's like nothing new. You know what I mean? But there's a it's just it's not right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's just well, you know, moving on a little bit more in tune with this, and I agree with everything you just said there, but as it relates to these mass shootings, uh, one being in El Paso, one being in Dayton last night, and then last week in California, all of them having links to, to white nationalist groups. You know, you go back to when they were talking about the Muslim ban, the main thing on that was to try to keep terrorists out. And the recruiting methods that were used by these groups are the same recruiting methods that are used by these white nationalist groups. They they look at the underprivileged person that no one's talking to, the people who feel dejected or uh, who are not being reached, who feel bullied. These people are a lot vulnerable. Then they get people around them that, that seem like they really care about them, but they know that these people are loose cannons. And they're sending these, these young men, uh, you probably will start seeing some young women as well, out here uh, have cocked ideas, mm -hmm. ideas that are old and antiquated and have been proven to be false, lies, narratives that they share amongst each other in order to breed that fear and that hate mongering. And the result is what you see with these mass shootings. And you go back to Charlottesville when a young man shot the nine people inside the church. He was part of a white nationalist group. So it's not by happenstance that this is happening. And you, did, you do see an uptick in it with the president that we have in office now. Now, I will say this is the first time that he released something that was not tone deaf. He did speak on it. Instead of shying away and using the old narrative, you know, a lone wolf, mental illness, I don't know all the details, he actually showed some sort of contrition and the fact that he offered his condolences to the family and that this is a tragic event. This is the closest thing to presidential he's done in a while as it relates to this type of event. And this is what we need to see from someone who's sitting in the office. Like I've said time and time again, this man plays to his base and his audience. He's going to go and do whatever he needs to do and say whatever he needs to say to rile his base just to make sure he stays in the position that he's in. However, even with that being said, you have to have some, some, some type of sight whether it be hindsight, whether it be foresight, but some type of sight to see that you're inciting this. You you are the one who are, who's gaslighting a lot of these things. I'm not saying that he's going out there and doing it, but his words are is emboldening these people. They're feeling more and more bold. They're, you're seeing more and more violence towards African-Americans, toward Hispanics, towards anyone who is non-white at this point. Uh, it's probably having the same feeling you are, like they're under siege, Lisa. So it's not something that I would say that it's unfounded, you know. And then you have certain ills within our communities that you go around. So you you worried about the police. You worried about the, the young brother in the hoodie that's walking up on you. Mm -hmm. You worried about the weird-looking white kid that's coming across the street mm -hmm. with the trench coat on. 
I can see how you could have a large level of anxiety. And it's one of the main reasons that, you know, I have my CCW. You know, it makes me nervous because I always feel like the cops could pull me over and shoot me and then say, well, he had a gun in the car because that's what they do and they say they fear for, his, for their life. But at the same token, I got to do what I have to do to protect mine. But if we don't address this as an issue and start really going through the statistics and the numbers and say, okay, what is this with white domestic terrorism? How do we fight white domestic terrorism? Because this is exactly what it is. And to say anything else is being very false or very disingenuous. And it's controlling the negative in a very bad way on this, on, on, on main media. Mm -hmm. So I was actually impressed with the article that I read from CNN. This is the first time that I read an article that described a person's race that wasn't black or Hispanic. It said a white male. I, I don't know if you caught that, it was very subtle. But I was nearly floored because mm -hmm. you very rarely, if you don't get a description of the shooter or an immediate picture of the shooter, nine times out of ten, the shooter ain't going to be someone of, of, uh, of ethnicity. Let these shootings have been an Arab. Let's just not even talk about black people. Let, let it have been someone uh, of Arabic descent. What would the narrative be right now? What would be going on right now? What is the NRA saying right now? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that you should give your guns up to the government. I, I don't think that you should, uh, no. to, to make yourself powerless and have a government control you, is, it just makes no sense. But at the same token, there has to be some controls and some, some measures in here to make sure that these people who are obviously uh, not wrapped too tight or have these opposing views of different people known to the public well. and they're getting these guns, we have to do better. Go ahead, Lisa. Well, I mean, I can see where you could come from about the gun laws and that that type of thing. But really, do we need these gun laws to get a gun? We can go out in the street and get the gun. I think there's enough guns going around where we can find a gun in the street. Or people, by, by now, people already have guns. I mean, so, and if it ain't a gun, it's going to be bombs. Well, you know there's more guns in America than it is people. Did you know that? No, I didn't. There's more guns in America than it is people. And that's that's so scary. We definitely need measures, though. If you look at countries that have gun control measures, they don't have mass shootings like this. I think, Derek, before we went on air, you were talking about a uh, a meme or a, 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 a yeah, visual that you saw that show zero mass shootings here, zero mass shootings there, zero. It, it's very, it, it's happening too regular in this country. For one, regular one-on-one -on -one violence is happening too much in this country. And these mass shootings are... Remember when the guy went in and shot up the theater when Batman yeah. came out? You know, just these crazy things are going on. And it's, it, most of the time, is, is white males. But all you, all the narrative you hear is black-on-black -black crime. Yeah, I was and, seeing... And, and, and crime is a proximity thing. Violent crime is a proximity thing. It's not exactly. a racial thing. Yeah, you say 92% of uh, black people that get killed get killed by black. But 87% of whites that get killed get killed by whites. So what's your argument? I would probably out there dare to say that 87% of Asians that get killed are from other Asians. You know, if you went down that line, you can do that. But we don't control the narrative. We need to talk more about white domestic terrorism. And what are they doing to curb this? Got a comment here. I've seen. Okay. Makelia Mitchell, Lili said, well, I could say in Ghana, they got a lot of problems, but they ain't out here. <laughs> they ain't out here doing mass shootings or harming each other, period. Violence is not high there. 
and, the, and to be the land of the land of the free and have all these shootings is crazy. I would agree. You know, how you have all this freedom, what are you angry about? You know, you're letting someone tell you that you're being played or that you're being uh, marginalized when we have over 400 years of history on our side to prove what we're saying is true. Mm -hmm. How could you be out here feeling that you're the underdog? If you losing, who the hell winning? <laughs> That's what I want to know. If, if, if you're doing this out of frustration, if you losing, who the hell winning? Yeah. Well, so, you free, know. Freedom ain't free. Freedom ain't free. Hey, Reese, how you doing? Was it Vernita? Hello, Vernita. Thanks for joining us. This is the Full Disclosure Show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first. We got Barbara Rich Green, Big Dick Dashley, and a little lady in the house, Lisa Lisa. And we're here talking about the shootings, mass shootings in, uh, was it California? What happened in uh, El Paso, El Paso Texas? Texas, and, and in Dayton, Ohio. Ohio. Last week in California, it was one in uh, Mississippi. It wasn't necessarily mass, but a disgruntled employee got right, fired. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's happening more and more. But we, we need to start addressing, and they need to label it. It's white domestic terrorism. If you got black on black crime, we need to go ahead and start saying white domestic terrorism. And then we have to figure out a way to start stopping this because they're using social media. They're using all the platforms that you operate on. We're doing fun-loving things or things to try to reach out and uh, share ideas with people to have these type of uh, conversations. See, but people are using it for hate. And you see, too, it's like when we talk about the gun issue and then when, when, you, when you separate both so-called black-on-black crime and white nationalist terrorists, you got two different type of gun law. You had two, two because uh, uh, technically a lot of the crime that goes on in the community, those guns are not registered. They're not registered gun owners. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But you look at these white nationalists and they are. Mm -hmm. These guns, the, you know, you go back to the, to the kids that shoot up the schools. They're getting these guns from their parents. You know what I mean? They're yeah. getting these guns from gun shows. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. They're buying these guns legally where you have the crime in the communities. Nine times of ten, they're not registered gun owners. You know what I mean? So it's like you got two different type of gun laws. And, and so it's like, you know, I, I see it from both both sides because I understand, like, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. You know what I mean? You can have 50 guns and not do nothing with them. You know what I mean? Right. But if a person is going to do something like this, they're going to find a way to do it. Like, yeah. At that same time, you do have to, you know, as, as far as like assault rifles, like, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I don't see no purpose of you having an AK-47. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you get a shotgun, you get a handgun, that's fine. You shouldn't be able to buy an assault rifle that easy. Okay, when we're talking about assault rifles, okay, you should have to do psychological evaluations. You should have to go through more, more hoops. If I can get a machine gun that I can wipe out a whole block with in ten seconds. Now we talk about handguns, shotguns. That's a whole different ball game. But the assault rifles, come on. You know what I mean? Why do I need an assault rifle? You get that demand exactly. kill. You and know in what I mean? The last administration, President Obama had passed a bill. If you get an SSI or you have something wrong with you, quote unquote, that you are not eligible to get assault rifles. You're not eligible to get a gun. Why did this administration do an executive order to remove that? So now you got people who are, you know, maybe unstable, and I'm not saying all of them are, because, you know, people would take that little tidbit and try to run with it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that everybody that is collecting anything or who's been diagnosed 
is, is unstable, but let's just say, you know, you know they're not a sound mind in certain instances in order to be able to get some of the benefits that they're getting and they're getting their hands on guns. Jerome Newman said they have it all and they're still not happy. Well, and in saying that, you know, I would have to agree. What's up, James Rankin? What's up, Cuzzo? Hey, uh, y'all watching these full disclosures show, Derek Lamont Williams, the first, Bobby Rich Green, Big Dick Dastley, Lisa Lisa. I want to, before we move on to the next topic, I want you to end, give us your thought before we go into the next uh, topic. Uh, first, I do feel like we should just call these white dashless like terrorists. That's what they are, terrorists. And treat them as such. Exactly. I mean, y'all call, they call them the Mexicans terrorists, they call them the Muslims terrorists, but I mean these white nationalists are the ones that's going in doing these mass shootings because they hate a group of people because of the color that they of their skin or the way they talk. And I just feel like America's fucked up. And I'm just going to end that. On that note, you know what I'm saying, you might as well go ahead and slide in the, the next topic or discussion. Yeah, um, as I was saying, I want to just talk about the decaying of the uh, human decency. I feel like humans don't have any decency anymore. And I'm not sure exactly when we lost decency. I know when I started noticing it, but I believe it was starting long before. I feel like we never had decency, honestly. America never had decency because the way we were brought into America, the way America was built. So how can anything good come from that? And then we have fucked up people running it. So I know that they're putting out certain agendas to cause certain reactions and people are falling for it. But at some point in time, you gotta stop the shit. Certain shit just, I just don't understand the human race sometimes. I, I'm, I feel very disappointed and I'm kind of depressed. I'm kind of starting to feel depressed with the human race because of how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves. You know, every time you turn around, you're seeing, if you're not seeing murder, you're seeing people presenting themselves in such a manner where that's like, why, where the fuck <laughs> where the fuck are you? Where the fuck are you from? Why would you do what you do? How are you presenting yourself? I'm tired of seeing women twerking their ass. I feel like we we feel as if people people feel as if that's how you have to present yourself in order to in order to be seen, in order to be known. You have to expose your body. You gotta expose your ass. You gotta expose your titties. Every time you turn around, you gotta a man ain't got no shirt on. A man. You gotta see this, you gotta, everything is sex, 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 sex. When do people start looking inside themselves and saying, damn, like, what do, what do I need to fix in myself because I'm a fucked up human being? I know everybody has their flaws, but I feel like we are past flaws. And my heart hurts right now. Take Dazzle. Oh well, yeah, that, that's uh. What's how the, what's up? Uh, you didn't. We was just talking about the shootings, Miss Latasha Petty, and she said what she missed. We was talking about the mass shootings. We were just talking about that. Now we're talking about the basic, the what seems to be the decre the, the, the decrepancy of human 
decency and, and behavior. You know, go go ahead, Dick Dawson. You know, I I really feel it is a decline in kindness from one person to the next. But also, I I, I see a lot of good things too. So. What I tend to do, I, I try to surround myself with positive people, positive people like yourself. I don't watch the news most of the time. I couldn't avoid hearing this. So that's why when we have the social media posts, if I'm hearing it, it's probably something that's popular because I'm not on the television all day, every day, and inundating myself with that, that negativity. But I will say that you can see a decaying of common decency to people. I, I believe there is a a numbing of people when it comes to just being genuinely human to each other. And we have to fight to keep that aspect. I know in searching for the individualism within yourself, to be proud of yourself, to, to learn your history, does not necessarily mean that people are taking learning yourself and edifying your own mind means that you have to hate something else and that's not true. That's the problem that we see with those white nationalist groups yeah, because it's more of, I'm elite, I'm better than you, and you're you're a plague, blah, blah, blah. And you have it to to a certain end and other things too, don't get me wrong. But I believe overall it's the edification of oneself. And once you learn how to love yourself and look into yourself and say, you know what, I'm comfortable with myself, flaws and all. None of It's not a perfect person on this planet. Exactly. It's people who pretend to be. We all have insecurities. We all have demons in our closet or things that we would want people to know about. But the truth of the matter is, I believe most of the people I know, they want three things. They want to be able to live life like they want to. They want to be happy and they want to provide a good life for their children. Most of the people that I deal with, this is what I see. You want to live a good life, you want to be happy, you want to provide a good life for your children. And in doing that, you know, if, you, if you're doing that, I, I think you'd be okay. You know, I, I can't say overall, world overall, I think the world has always been a messed up place. I just believe now it's just being televised and we can see it. That's a good part not, of it. Not, not, it's nothing new under the sun. You know, if you go back to medieval times, it was crazy stuff happened. If you go back to uh, the BCE, ACE, AD, mm -hmm. you know, at every given time in, in, in human culture, one human has done something heinous to another human. It's human nature. The thing is, if we're really supposed to be these intelligent beings that we portray ourselves to be, why aren't we rising above our animalistic nature? More importantly, why are we acting more animalistic than the animals we call wild animals? I feel like because a lot of it is coming from what the people are putting out into the agenda to make us operate on our animalistic self instead of our higher self. Most of us, I don't want to say most of us, some of us are operating on our lower self and we operate and those that are operating on their lower self are operating on the lowest of themselves and they're causing so much havoc and so much hate you know like that's the energy that they want the world to be because if we're having all this hate we're having all this fear all this chaos you know that's our way and all the positive things that's going on and it's just feeling like all the all the negative energy and bad vibes are starting to outweigh the positive vibes, and that's how they want it to be. And I just feel I just wish that people could just see that that's the agenda and that's what they're falling into. I don't understand how can people. We're not born 
racist. We're not born hating each other. We're taught. So, love is everything. And people don't understand that. And hate is outweighing love. But Jerome Newman said, uh, I love my black woman. Clothes on and off. You did. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I say I say to that. At least I like the dovetail off of that. I, I saw a, I guess it's a meme that said, if black people were as dangerous as the media portrays them, there wouldn't be any white people left. Mm -hmm. However, if white people were as dangerous as we see them, it wouldn't be any of us left. So somewhere in there is a narrative that somebody is still controlling. Yeah. The fear that you have, it's not unfounded. Once again, I don't think that it's unfounded. I believe that it's, it's, it is rooted in, in righteousness and in, in right thought. However, I believe that it's a lot of great people out here. It's just when, when great people don't step up and say anything about the negativity that other people are doing, then they're complicit in it happening. Yeah. And I think that's an issue. No, well, uh, I just wanted to go back to what you said at first when you talk about the foundation. We talk about America, right? We talk about the foundation of this country. And uh, we're talking about... Yeah, you talk, and that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a hypocrisy. It's a, um, it's what we have here is racism, right? Racism and religion. Mm -hmm. And what you had was people who, who built this country were able to use religion to justify some of the evil things they did, and they were able to make themselves good, but they were doing rotten shit. You feel what I'm saying? They were doing evil, but they were able to make themselves good. You talk about cognitive dissonance. How do I do all this stuff to gain wealth and say that I'm a good person, say that I'm a Christian, and say that I love God, and teach these people about God, but yet I'm, I'm treating them the worst that I could possibly be? This is the very foundation of this country. So you have a generation of people who are able to justify the things they do. Nobody is the villain in their own story. Mm -hmm. These guys thought they were heroes going in this Walmart. Somehow they were able to twist the narrative because of the foundation this but this this country is built. You talk about white nationalists. This is what this country is built on. And mm -hmm. it's like it's ne we've never outgrown that narrative. No, it's, it's the reason just, why we just read just, all these countries yeah. that don't have none of these mass shootings, but America is 250 something. In America, there's more guns than people. This is an American problem. Yes, and it, I it, mean, we've never outgrown this this narrative and we just keep, it gets worse and worse and worse. And those people that start those foundations still have those putting us out there and those people still think about that. We aren't that far off from the Silver Flight Movement. We aren't that far off from Jim all Crow. these things. Right, We're all, we aren't that this far off from all those things. So, and nobody's taking accountability for these things. These people, they don't go through the same justice system that we go through. They don't go through the same, they don't get the punishment that they deserve for their crimes. Not all the time, most of the time. Most and, of the and time we they did, don't. And we talked about how media twists the narrative of a group of people to justify the treatment of that group of people. I'm just, this is, 
the, the everything this is embedded in everything American. Now, not not to say that human decrepitcy isn't worldwide because it is, but you you know you talk about a certain a different type of values. You know, you go to other countries, their values are different. America is is unique, not unique, but you go in the fact that our values are supposed to be stemmed in something that is completely not. You know what I mean? And and so I think this is what you this is what you have people embedded in some and people in the fabric of this country and you have what it, I mean and I and I agree with what you said too. This is not new. We're seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 more widespread. Every time you click on your phone is story after story after story after story of somebody do, somebody woman putting a baby in the microwave or some husband killing a wife for uh, 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 insurance money or you know and these things have been going on it's just now we're and you know it's it's over it's so we got so much media you know and this stuff is populated so populated to the point where they want you to live in fear you yeah. know what I mean this is the this is the, the point I love how you brought that all together when you went back to America how they made themselves the hero and how that young man went in feeling like I'm a hero he drove for one he drove 500 miles away from his house to go do it and he went to a place that was heavily Hispanic to do it. So when you talk about America and hypocrisy, they go hand you, in hand. It's, it's hand in hand. And then you mentioned cognitive dissonance as well. The, the truth of the matter is this, that America has never apologized for the ills that is done to the people that helped build this country. And in, in general, to the descendants of the black men and women that were prisoners of war and enslaved, America does not do a good job of saying it was wrong. They gloss over it. They don't say, without that, we wouldn't have built a a capitalistic society. Capitalism didn't exist prior to that. Not in the Mm, way that it was. It was a barter system. So born out of that was the the capitalism that they used to, to, to have the very foundation they have. And once again, how can you say you're a Christian nation when you're mutilating, raping, murdering, disenfranchising people on a daily basis and not thinking anything of it and thinking you're serving a greater purpose. If that is not the definition of cognitive dissonance, racism is so American that when you protest racism, it seems like you protest in America. We're just saying, we're talking about the injustices, and I don't want to skew what we're, what we're talking about, which is the decaying of uh, people and, 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 and morals, the whole nine. Once again, like I said, I just think it's always been there. It's just being more televised, and I, I do think that people have less decency. It's certain things our parents didn't talk about in front of us. If you're sitting in front of your parents back in the day, they'll slap you in the mouth because you're in grown folks' mouth. You need to go ahead and get out this room. Now, I see parents... Smoking weed in front of their kids, uh, you know, uh, drinking in front of their kids, the whole nine. It's not to say that I haven't done that, you know, where I had a party and my son is down there and I'm having a drink. But the thing is, you got to leave the room, son. I believe that we as a whole, just as people, our kids are exposed to more. And part of it is not even the parents. It's just the fact that media, they have a phone, they have a cell phone, they have a computer. They can see anything they want. I'm pretty sure... Our kids are seeing way more porn than we ever did. You know what I mean? <laughs> at a much younger age, you know, because we were exposed to all did, that. But at the same time, man, you know, it's one thing. 
to, to what's up, Patrick Boy Cole? I mean, I you know I don't know, man, because you raise your kids, you do what you do. At the end of the day, you know, there's a, our kids ain't not just doing that because you know what I'm saying. And I don't know the background. I you know I don't know the study as far as the white nationalist kids just to go back, but just period of the the behavior of people in general. You know what I mean? And you know, it's just hard to, you know, every case is different, but I think it's definitely the backdrop where life is just not valued enough. You know what yeah. I mean? We, we talk about media, we talk about movies and TV, and we, we talk about how that had, and I, I definitely believe that has effect to it, but, you know, I, as a youngster, I was exposed to pretty much everything. You know what I mean? So I always, I took the same course with my sons. Like, I was, I had never had anything hidden from me, but it was always explained to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. so I, I tried to take that approach with them to not because you're right. I can't. There's no way I can hide from them for who was hidden from us. You know what I mean? We yeah. still found porno. We still found, <laughs> but it didn't cause us to be indecent people. It didn't cause us. You know what I mean? And I, it's a. It's definitely a breakdown of spirituality, man. What's up, you know what I mean? You you see these so-called religious people. You know these Muslims running in these in these buildings with, you know what I mean, bombs stacked to them, thinking they're heroes. You know what I mean, yeah. killing people. You know because of a doctrine that they that they profess to believe. I, they're, they're, it's not it's not it's not no coincidence. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? It's another way to keep us separated. It's another way for me to look at somebody else as an infidel. You know what I mean? Somebody else as an enemy. And somebody that doesn't deserve to live, you know what I mean? Because my doctor said this, or my doctor says that, or because the media portrayed this person as less than a human being, and then we're more able to. But you even have people who kill their own wives, you know. I, we watch all every here. day that the, you know, husband and wife. It used to be, if a if a wife or a husband came up missing, the other half was the last person they looked at. Now it's the first person, person off rip. So I don't know, man. It's, it's America was definitely designed. For us to decay, for our decency to decay. What is going on right now? America was designed and built that way. Everything is is, is going exactly as a plan, as planned. People are hate. People have hate in their heart. People you can't. People just are just disgusting. Sometimes. I'm gonna say we got more in common than we do differences. Yeah. Let's start looking at the commonalities with each other people. Let's start loving each other. We got a comment here from Miss Veronica Thornton. America will never really change until its government actually looks like the people it represents. Right now it still looks like a Richie Rich good old boys convention. So the old days remain. Yeah. Say that. I agree. Yes. I would agree. They have a stronghold on it. You know, what they say? Taxation without representation that's just like all your politicians not really doing that's but you know what that's the games they play when they do the districting and then you know when they when they go ahead and they, they draw up the demographics for it and they gerrymander yeah. the, the maps and everything well you know I mean, to, to go to a, a sports analogy you know we talk about a, a team or organization right and we always talking about culture and what they always say that it starts from the top so to the owner down. and it goes down you know what I mean so it's like the owner dictates the culture of the organization so that's why America is in the state it is because the owners 
took this country violently. We, we talk about the foundation. Let's go back even further <laughs> to the very foundation where, and 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 they where they come over. Talk about when they discovered. Yeah, this, when they discovered this, this country now. Place. And this is the, we talk about cognitive dissonance. Whether you're talking about God-fearing people coming over to another country, seeing the natives, and using again using their doctrine to say, well, these are these people are are, are uh, savages. savages. These people are heathens. They don't know the Lord, so that gives us dominion over them. So now we're doing the Lord's bidding by taking what they what they have because we're we are. Uh, we are uh, indicted by the Lord. We, the Lord has given us power to come over here and do this. And this gave, and you know, they didn't say, "Oh, we going anointed." Exactly, they've been anointed. So this is the very foundation of what this country is built. So there is no accident that it is the way it is. So again, this is the full disclosure. So telling it like a T.I.S. Dagley Mont wins the first. Big Dick Dashley, Rich Green. And Lisa, Lisa, the little lady of the house. I'm going to go ahead and get into my topic, which really piggybacks off both of you guys' topic. And we're going to talk about R E S P E C T. Lou. Lou. I give respect, Lou. You know what I mean? I think uh, we're going into the basic, what I'm seeing is a, a lack of respect. I mean, the respect of, uh, of life. The respect of person, to res the respect of human decency, the respect of, you know, privacy. It's just like, you know, again, I'm not going to say it seems like now because I think it's a big part of it is the, that we're exposed to it. We're seeing people get on posts and, you know, you make a comment and people can't just disrespect, just, just disagree with your comment. They have to disrespect you, you know what I mean? Because they're isolated, maybe, because they're not. And uh, here, I wanted to read the actual definition of respect. A feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. And it's just like, you know, what what is it, what are we dealing with, what are people dealing with where we're not teaching, I don't know if we're not we're not teaching proper respect. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a lack. There's definitely been, but it's always been there. You know what I mean? Then again, you know, there's always a gap. But it's, I think, you know, we're, we're definitely getting exposed to it a lot more. And I think people are definitely being emboldened by social media, by a government that condones this type of behavior, which we've been seeing. And just basically, you know, you got old people who think the young people, oh, these young people ain't respected. And then you got the young people say, oh, these old people think just because they're old, they don't have to respect us. You know what I'm saying? You, they, you know, there's, there's, there's some, there's a, yeah, yeah, there's a disconnect. And, and there's one thing, and I'm going to tell you about me, respect. I give everybody I meet a certain level of respect. There's, there's levels to this, what they say. Okay, everybody, regardless deserves a level of respect. That's why if I see you, as eye contact to me. That's a level of respect. I make eye contact. If, you, if a person can't make eye contact with you going by, to me, that's, you know, that's just a level of, of no respect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you might introduce your handshake, this is, you know, 
certain levels of respect. Then as you get to know each other, when they say feeling of deep admiration somewhere that's been elicited by their abilities, as you get to know certain people, you, you know, your level of respect grows. You know what I mean? And it's just about basic, how you talk to people, basic, talk to each individual. That's another, that's just a basic level of respect. I'm not going to talk to you in a way that I wouldn't want you to talk to me. You know what I mean? Because when I say this all the time, when you talk about dealing with spirituality, and again, it's touching on human decency, the human decency. You know, we, as being spiritual, I look at everybody as an extension of who I am because we all tied together. Where you have the power of being who job is to separate that mm-hmm. and to make us not look each other, look at each other as enemies. And I think that goes into a lot of the respect or disrespect maybe a lot of people feel. Women feel disrespected by men. Men feel disrespected by women. It's just, it's going on and on. So I just want to go ahead and get y'all thoughts. We go to you, Lisa, and see who else is on here. Um, I think part of it is that people, one, don't really know the definition of respect. Nobody, I don't really know anybody that ever took the time out to look up what respect means. And then, two, I think people don't know how to execute respect. People don't know how to, how to be respectful because they may have grown up in drama. They may have grown up in a disrespectful family. You got generational curses. I think people pass generational drama on. So that could be part of the disrespect. Like when you see mothers and daughters fighting each other, cussing each other out, I hate you, I hope you die, I should have avoided you, saying horrible things like that. You know, that's generational drama. And then you see that child, that person has a child, and that person may have seen mom and dad or mom and mom and daughter always arguing. So now, when that person has a problem, now he acts, he or she acts the same way their mother acts, you know, and then it just keeps going on. And nobody ever takes the time out to research, look up, or figure out what respect is and how to give respect. Mm-hmm. And before you before you go, Rich, I, I do want to say something real quick. Yes, respect is something that has to be, absolutely has to be taught. It's not one of the things that you just figure out, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> So, you know, you when you, your kids get young, you know, you tell them certain things. Son, daughter, you do this. No, you don't come in here and don't speak to me. You know what I mean? Just, just certain things, you know, refer to me this way. Look me in the eyes. Blah, blah, blah. These are things that have to be taught and have to be drilled into your children. And, and there's definitely a disconnect there with a, of who parents who, you know, who uh, uh, actually, uh, actually, advertise disrespect. It's mm-hmm. like almost like a badge of honor mm-hmm. to cuss a motherfucker out. You know what I mean? It like is. over nothing. Like, you know, look what I did. Look I how I treated this person. Out. I cussed yeah. this whole person out because they were moving too slow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just no respect. And I do feel like a lot of it is the media. You now have the media so people can now you get perks off like you just said, you get perks off being disrespect, being being disrespectful, or showing disrespectful behavior. So that is how we're going to get some 
clout. That's how we're going to get mm-hmm. rich. That's how we're going to get famous by being disrespectful to other people. The cash me outside girl. Yeah, I can't stand that little girl. She's so ignorant. Ignorant is a thing. Ignorant is cool. Well, she got, went on the show and got disrespectful and then got a career out of it. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't. I think that we definitely have to start reading, looking up definitions and start using the dictionary a little more often. Etymology. Exactly. So, I mean, until we start doing that, until social media stops or slows down and until people start taking the time out to look at themselves, I can't, it's hard to, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I know that there is one, but it's hard to see it when you're seeing darkness every day, all the time. The gospel. Hey, well, hey, what more can I say that you guys haven't said? But I will piggyback on a, a few things. Thinking about having that last word, it brings me back to that book. They stole it, but you must return it. That's that, that's a holdover in a lot of areas. That action of being able to speak your mind and tell somebody off. Look, I had a wise man once tell me. Said, I'm gonna give you three things. If it helps you, say it. If it hurts you or it makes you feel better, don't. Basically, you got to know when to talk. I also had a man tell me, it's okay for people to think you're a fool. It's up to you to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I just wanted to say that respect is earned, it's not just given. And before I even go any further, Jerome Newman said, respect yourself and I'll give you respect until you show me otherwise. Let's see that again. Another comment is, uh, starts at home, build it up there first. Veronica Thornton said, what is seen as respect has also changed, just as a child rearing has changed. Taking, expressing oneself to to the extreme, changing the parent-child dynamic. Jerome Newman went on to say, it's a reflection of the home life. Think hard about that. That's what I, I was saying. Agree, yeah. It's because it's taught. It's, it's mimicking behavior. You were about to say something, though. Oh, uh, what was that last comment? Uh, I said, uh, the one respect is respect is earned, not given. Uh, prior to that, I just said, uh, you know, people can think you're a fool, but it's up to you to rule. Oh, well, well the thing is this, man. You have to, again, what Ron said, that's why I say everybody deserves a certain level of respect. Like, you, you, it was a, you got a total stranger, right? There's a certain level of respect I'm going to get a stranger that I don't know nothing about. You know what I mean? And I think one thing about saying something about saying something is like you when you take the time to frame what you're going to say, that's a level of respect. Correct. You understand? So if it's something I want to say something to somebody, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to pause because I don't want to say, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Because I respect it. And so, you know, you you may have to say something that's hard or difficult, but it's a level of respect just by saying, okay, let me pause before I say what I'm going to say. Okay, let me say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect them. Correct. So, like, hey, man, you know, you know, you got something in your nose right there hanging out. You know what I mean? I go say, oh, you nasty motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? It's two ways to say the same thing. 
and you take your time, you know, you may feel a certain way, but you take your time to express it. That's yeah. a level of respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what I, what I was really going to get into is that, uh, well, before I go, and Veronica Thornton said, good point, it's up to the parents to hold certain, a certain standard of respect, but it has to be done at home without the parents trying to be friends with the kids. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Finally, some smart ones again, what's going on. So what, what I see, once again, is, is a decaying. Right. You can't even yell at a neighbor's kid these days without that parent coming at you like, well, what'd you say to my kid? No. Why didn't you ask, what did my kid say to you in order to make you say that? Why do you go all the way to the defensive? So now we, we have neighborhoods where we don't even know our neighbors. It wasn't like that. Respect was an easy thing to keep because each one taught one. Mm-hmm. And it took, the whole community raised us. I knew I couldn't do something, something. If Ms. Morgan saw me, she gonna call my mama and tell my mama I saw your son. My mama gonna say pop him in the head. Ms. Morgan gonna pop me in the head. When my mama get home, she gonna be so embarrassed that Ms. Morgan had to pop me in the head. She gonna pop me in the head. And then probably tell my uncle, he gonna come pop me in the head. We, we, when we started removing ourselves from each other's lives, start back in the early 70s, I, that's where I believe a large can of the respect started happening because you had more and more people who were able to get homes through a program called Section 8. And I'm not just blaming it on Section 8, but I just want to say that the fact that we, we, don't, we didn't have nuclear families, grandmom and them in the house anymore, that we lost a lot of the things that kept us grounded as people. And not, not just uh, one race of people, I'm talking about as a nation, as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, you start having... We're not the only ones affected by it, but when you think of it, that's that's what your mind, you know, your mind want to go to. Because it's trailer parks out there, it's, it's 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 projects out there that don't have one black person in it. It it, it's, it is subsidized housing all around. But once you started making people have feel this independence, you had people who normally wouldn't get ahead in life having things. Before, if you didn't know how to operate, talk to people, or move through life. You really didn't have that good of a life, and you needed mama and them. You mm-hmm. end up staying with mama and them because you didn't have enough wherewithal to go out and live in your own place. Does this make sense? What I'm saying? Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm trying to draw a picture. Like you, you couldn't operate outside the confines of your family. Yeah. So the family is what gave you that balance. That's what kept them in respect. It kept kept that respect in. Mm-hmm. Now, once you're able to, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go do this. I don't have to respect anybody. I cut everybody off. Yeah. I just cut it. I'm just, and you know what? Even a snake don't have family. You see all this crazy right, stuff that right. pop up. You know, that's just a lot of disgruntled people. Also, you know? also, I think some of it is when they started this whole food stamp government assistance thing. They took the fathers out of the out of the picture. So now, if you get an assistance, you can't have the father in there. You know, so now the father can't be in there disciplining the kids the way that it should be, you know, and now the father, they're taking so much child support out of the father's check, and the mother is getting this welfare, so now she feels as if, you know, she might feel some way towards the man because he can't provide for her the way that she feels as if he he should. Now she relied on the government, and it's kind of like subliminally, I mean subconsciously, the government now has became your man. So now we don't have respect for the men, and now 
the men don't have respect for the women because they disrespected them. Now the man feels some way, and now it's just a cycle of disrespect, and nobody's taking a step back, looking at the the bad guy. And it's like when it's like when you got somebody talking, saying, "Oh, such and such saying this about you, such and such saying this about you," and then you two coming together fighting, but this person just sit back laughing at y'all like these two idiots is fighting. Ha ha ha! You know. But then it's like a, you talk about a basic breakdown and what I of decency and communication and the like because the thing about respect is you know I can dislike you and I can and and still respect you you know what I mean I can feel a certain way about you but if you if I respect you I'm not going to say it to you necessarily and if I do say it to you I'll find a way to say it in, in, in a way because I respect you like you know when you when we talk about like okay, this is the family dynamic, and that's where it all stems from. I just realizing like because you got to be taught respect. Respect comes from the grandma, it comes from granddad, it comes from that that period, that that fam, that patriarch in the family tree. And when you do break it down for whatever reason, those lessons don't aren't being taught because like you know, look son, you don't have to agree with what somebody says, but you should respect it. You don't have to like what somebody says, but you should respect it. You know, I remember watching Donnie years ago, and it was a, a KKK on there, and there were Muslims on there on the show. On the show. And they sat there, and they What's didn't up, get homie? into a fight. They, you know, a lot of a lot of ideology, ideologies were actually the same. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And they sat there and they talked about it, and they said, "Okay, you know, well, yeah, I don't agree in interracial marriages. Well, we don't either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, okay, da da da." And it actually. Well, we, we actually share some commonalities, you know what I mean? But we respect each other. I ain't got to come on here and spit in your face or call you a nigga. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ain't got to call me. You know what I mean? And and this 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 attitude right here will piggyback into the whole national, like, oh, because I'm not, I don't agree with what you said. I can just speak to you any old kind of way. Right. I can we, can we can call you out. If I don't like you, I can go into a store and kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just basic. Respect, like we can, we can disagree with each other. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to love each other. We don't have to do any of this. But a, a certain level of respect would just go a whole way, man, into uh, and preventing a lot of this shit. So you why isn't I mean? it part of the curriculum in school? Then it should be. It like, should be respect. Uh, should be a class. Respect, respect, respect. Respect one on one. Man, it should be a class. Uh, you, you come in. You better think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that'd be the, the song when you go in the door. Yeah, that'd be the after. Say R E S P E C. Yeah, seriously, because it's a whole bunch of stuff out there they're teaching that just is not germane to 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 life. But but get back to what I was saying is that, and at least that was a a great illustration, and it does tell pretty well off of. What I was saying when all the advent and a lot of that stuff came in, you started making these people, people who normally could not function on their own without without the whole other family, are now living 
by themselves and raising kids. So now those are normally the people who were the disrespectful ones who couldn't get along mm. with anyone and who wouldn't been able to provide for their kids because they couldn't keep a job because of their attitude or they couldn't maintain anything. Now you got Heap helping them with their likes, Pip helping them with this. You know, and then you got all these all these subsidies. And it becomes a, it becomes a culture. It becomes that's a culture. why you have three or four generations on public assistance because they're being taught a certain way, and and a lot of times, you know, and I don't want to stereotype because we all need government assistance. Every you now and then, every issue. But you know, there are there are a certain cultural. You know, when you have those three or four generations, and it's no accident that the nine-year-old be snapping her neck and will talk to you in your kind of way because she learned that from mama. Mm -hmm. And mama learned that from grandmama. And they, there was no... There's know, no checks and balances. Yeah, there was no checks and balances no where you balances. see disrespect become a badge of honor. A badge of honor. So, oh, that's just the way they is. That's just the way yeah. they is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, June, when, June. when you're a baby, Ooh. when that toddler is cute, it's funny. Mm -hmm. So... But you know what? We need to get back to respecting each other's points of views. We, you know, mm -hmm. we like need to be. We need to teach respect at the whole rudimentary, basic level of you know what I mean, self love, self respect, and that's where it goes. You have to respect yourself. Well, you know what? People lack humility. A lot of the disrespect is due to a lack of humility, hubris. You don't have it. You don't have it. Yeah. You you're so disrespectful. Yeah, oh. and when and when a person doesn't respect themselves, then you out you ass out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ass out. So I don't have to be humble. Check this out. The most disrespectful people you know are the people who always need something, and the people who are always posting how nobody does anything for them. But you don't even know how to have decent decent decency and respect to people to even talk to them or ask them for something. Hey man, you gonna let me hold forty dollars or what? No, I don't think I'm going to let you hold $40 or what, you know? How long you going to hold it? Right, right, right. You know, like you owe like the world owe something. Like the world owe you something. Get mad. Don't nobody do nothing for me. Last I checked, <laughs> ain't nobody supposed to do nothing for you. Yeah. You're supposed to do it for yourself. Well, nobody owes nothing, man. But we all run into things where we need help. Don't get me wrong. You know, I run into it. I might be, man. Hey, man, float me this till I get this. You know, it, it, it just happens. But... You have a lot of people out here being disrespectful who wouldn't be disrespectful in the constructs of a family, a nuclear family, because they really we all need to get along to move along. But now we could get along without having to move along, and that's part of the problem. And if we ever got back together as family and we got that respect back, now I'm talking about us as a people now, you will start to see us move forward again. That's the one thing that once we integrated, we were able to do this, this, and this, and then you know this came out mm -hmm. subsidized housing, this, this, and this, and then you were able to have a subsidized life. We lost that closeness. That closeness. That was our glue. Yeah, Lisa. No, I agree with what you said, Rich. Uh, I think I think that is a part of a big part of why we are where we are. We don't have no togetherness. Togetherness, love. Will be, a, will be a big, a good band-aid, mm -hmm. or a good start, I should say. I agree. I think it's where we need to be. You got any more comments? Man, no, we got any more comments, dude. Thank y'all, man. This was a great show. You know, I appreciate, oh, man, appreciate all the love, everybody that been supporting us. The day one supporters, well, it's still day one. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Hey, one. hey, man, share the link, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
Spotify, the Full Disclosure Show podcast, Stitcher, Apple, Breaker, Anchor is going down, man. Uh, uh, it's always all love all day. Tell the people you love them because it's crazy out here, so you never know. Never know. And, uh, you know, from, from, from myself to Dick Dow, Lisa, Lisa, peace. Peace.